Now, on to our next guest, the one and only Saj Mahmood. How are you, Saj? I'm very well, mate. How are you? I'm okay. I'm okay. You sound a bit relaxed there. You chilling out? Yeah, yeah. Picking back, you know, how it is at this moment in time. You're not doing uh, Monty-style sofa squats? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I do. I, to, be, to be fair, they, 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 they're looking a little bit too dangerous for me. I'm not, I'm not that adventurous. <laughs> so uh, I'll give them one to miss. But I, I saw, to be fair, I saw his uh, press-up ones today. But the, 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 you know what? I get a little bit worried with Monty because he's only doing one or two reps. Yeah. I'm wondering if his fitness levels have gone down or what. I'm not sure. Well, I saw the other day he did. Uh, he had two of the dining room chairs there, and he put them up, and he said, "All oh, right, this is how you do tricep." Yeah, he did two. It's a disaster uh, that look. Yeah, and then Peter Trigo went, "This is how you do it, mate." <laughs> oh, did he? Oh, did he? Right, yeah, I've seen things, I a bit think, naughty. I think with Monty, he needs to get over to his other social media channels and get more content available. That's that's what he can't do too long on exercises. He's a busy man. Oh, yeah, he is, is everywhere. He's on LBC every other day at the moment. and it's just something else yeah. that I spotted him. He's flying. But we got him doing his accents and his impressions, and that's where his future lies, definitely. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got him singing, fun. didn't you, on your Insta? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've had him on twice, to be honest. Um, <laughs> we, we, the, well, the first time I spoke to him was just to catch up, really. I managed to get him to sing. Um, <laughs> and then the second time, yeah, he was... He was it was rare, it was rare, raring to go with the singing. Uh, but Monty is good fun. Um, we played together at Essex in England, and he was always singing about, always up to some something anyway. That's right. I mean, look, yeah, I was just going to say that you 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 were contemporary. I mean, that was a that was quite an England side that you were part of in those days. Yeah, it was a good, it was, it was a solid England side. Some absolute legends playing in, in, in the side at the time, and to be a part of it was uh, was fantastic. And Freddie was there, part of it, wasn't he? Well. Freddie Flintoff. I was like, you've had him at Lancashire back then as well, wouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, to be fair, I had a lot of Freddie. Uh, Freddie and Jimmy. <laughs> um, a lot of lot, a lot of good times, a lot of good games, a lot of good experiences. I mean, all joking aside, as you say, and, 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 and I'm chucking you in there with them, um, It was you, you all had fun, you were all characters, but um, there was some serious talent as well. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, to be fair, any player that plays for England, they've got to have some sort of talent as well. But uh, you look at people like Fred and Jimmy, um, they're, they're, they're very, very special uh, cricketers. Uh, Jimmy's obviously still going. I'm not sure how he's doing it, but <laughs> he's going. Yeah. Um, and Fred, obviously, no, well, no surprise, has gone into TV. Um, like that. But, yeah, very, very talented. Even the guys now, obviously, we've got Cookie in there as well. Fred, I think, Cookie as well. Rav and these guys. All very, very talented people mm. uh, and, and, and made, made, made a huge name in the game. We were just talking um, about fast bowling just before you came on and we were okay. talking about when Brett Lee was peppering um, Piers Morgan in the Nets yeah. that time. And we were just saying, you know, we've played club cricket. We haven't played to any, you know, real high, high, high standard. Um, but there's a massive difference between facing 70-mile-an-hour bowling and 90-mile-an-hour bowling. Now... You, with your height added to that, were you were serious, serious trouble coming pounding in. Um, first question is, how do you generate that amount of speed? Is there a particular secret you've got? Um, I'm, I'm to be honest, it's a difficult one to answer because sometimes I think pace is just a, a natural thing. So some people naturally just have 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 pace, um, and then you get other guys who who aren't that quick, but then sometimes modify their action to make them a little bit um, 
so so they can get a lot more out of their action and they become they, they can put an extra couple of yards on through just changing their action really um but yeah to be fair when i when i was 18 19 i used to bowl rat pace i used to bowl like 65 70 miles and i was i wasn't quick at all but mm. i used to bowl big in swinging boomerangs really and that that's how i got into length really with really medium medium pace uh and then one day, I watched, one evening, I watched Shoei Ball on TV, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to go inside. I'm going to go into practice tomorrow, an hour early. I'm just going to try ball as quick as I can. Um, and I did that, and it come out all right, and it come out come out pretty quick, and, and that's how it started, really. He was serious, wasn't he? Yeah, he, 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 he was a nasty piece of work. Amazing <laughs> to watch, though. Amazing to watch. I think he actually he was. Did he actually get past the hundred mark? Or, or, there was a yeah, competition, did, yeah. wasn't there? He did. he did. I think he was the first one to do that, wasn't he? Hundred and hundred and one. I think. Yeah. Maybe. I think a few of the older guys might question how quick they were compared to him, though. Jeff yeah, Thompson yeah, yeah. and uh, a couple of the West Indian guys were probably up there as well, weren't they? Patrick Patson yeah. is the one. I, th- I remember seeing an interview with. Um, funny enough, Derek, oh no, it was Jeff Dujon. Because he was behind yeah. the stumps when all these guys were firing it down. Mm. And he used to say the noise that it made on the glove when he was taking it. Yeah. And he said of all of those, and he, you know, he said, you know, there's Holding, there's Marshall, et cetera, et cetera, Andy Roberts. But the one that was quickest of all, that made the biggest sound on the glove was Patrick Patterson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not necessarily the most accurate or effective, <laughs> but he could when he, when he whiz it down. Get a glove on it. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking about the other boys having careers um, away from cricket. Yeah. Tell me about um, this film, Victory. Oh. <laughs> now, that is a blast from the past. Uh, <laughs> I've done my research. All right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, we was, uh, well, to be fair, my agent at the time got a call from from um some Bollywood producer really and he said look they're looking for some fast bowlers to come down to Australia for some filming uh, and to be fair when, when I was growing up I used to watch a lot of Bollywood so I thought it could be quite cool this actually yeah um, so I think there's me Simon Jones and I think it was Dimi Mascarenis as well all right so yeah so I think three of us went uh we flew out to Oz we were on there for about four days I think something like that um, we did filming on just one of the days and the filming was hectic actually. I, di- I didn't know how much work actually went into uh, producing a film. Um, we started filming about seven o'clock in the morning, but mind you, there's a lot of standing about as well. Mm. So we started at seven in the morning. We didn't get, we didn't, we didn't finish till about 11 in the evening, 11 at night. And I think out of the whole filming, they, I think they used about 10 seconds or 15 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> Part, part of the filming so um, there's a lot a lot of time that goes into these films uh, but yeah it was, it was an experience definitely an experience <laughs> always like Sage what, what are you up to these days because um, obviously you stopped you, last couple of years you was with Essex wasn't you in 2013 yeah. and 2014 and what, what have you been doing since then uh, to be honest the, the couple of years after I finished at Essex I just spent a bit of time with the family so I did I practically did nothing at all um, I spent time at home I spent a lot of time uh, away from home whilst I was playing and I thought I felt like a, as though I missed out so I spent a lot of time with the family um, and then after that I just got back got back into cricket I actually started to do some coaching and I really started to enjoy that so um, I've massively got into coaching I've done a little bit of stuff with the MTC Young Cricketers at Lords um, I've done a little started to do a little bit with Somerset just recently um, and uh, full time I'm the head of cricket at a school in West London ah which which school are you at? 
a school called William Perkins, part of a trust, um, Twyford Trust Schools. So we had Alex Tudor last week, who's uh, Kim Bolton School. Yeah. And then uh, Jake Mickleborough the week before that, who's um, who would have been at Essex when you were there, Jake. He was, yeah. Uh, and he's at Brentwood School over here as their cricket professional, so... Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. It's good to hear that, um, you know, you're inspiring the youngsters out there. Have you spotted anyone that's going to be the next uh, big thing in your school? Um, there, there's, you know what, there, there's, there's a couple of guys, there, there's a couple of young cricketers, and the thing that surprises me is sometimes when you start to do one-to-ones with these... Um, with, with some of the decent players, how quickly they improve. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's, it's actually quite beneficial because you're constantly in the school and you're giving them one-to-one whenever they need it. And it's all within school time, which is a massive, massive benefit for these, uh, for these young players. So now they almost have the evenings to do either schoolwork or if they wanted to do extra cricket again, they could get some more in. So it's a, it's, oh, it's a great thing that the schools do. Um, and we've just set up a, an elite tick format um, at the school where you get the education as well as getting getting the cricket with myself so I'm pretty sure that's what the rest of the guys are doing in the schools I, th- I think it's amazing because I think cricket was just starting to die out wasn't it about 7-8 years ago Yeah, uh, especially in schools uh, and I think bringing it back into schools in a big way and, and obviously those guys winning the World Cup last year <laughs> give it a massive massive push hasn't it where were you when that happened were you uh where were you when the the World Cup? I was I was actually just outside Lords. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I was just outside Lords because I I hate going in and then going out and there's too many people there. I don't like I don't like traffic really. Mm. So I was literally just where the hotel is opposite Lords. I was just behind that in a in a restaurant. So I was watching it there uh, right. with a couple of my friends and my brothers. Um, and it was just it was just amazing, wasn't it? You, you, you're not going to get a final like that. Oh, incredible! Anytime soon, that is for sure. I was sat in a car park at a restaurant in Barbados. Oh, lovely! Slightly <laughs> <laughs> right, like, different to, uh, to behind a hotel in London. Well, yeah, but the the radio signal was terrible. And I, it, it, I lost the signal at the the climax of it all, and uh, was trying oh. to desperately get it on the BBC website to try and get to see the winning runs. Or oh, did you, man- you manage to catch it in the end? Well, I heard it eventually, oh, and right. then when I got back, uh, you know, when we'd finished lunch because yeah. it's it's five hours behind over there, and uh, of course it was all over the TV back in uh, yeah. back in the Amazing village. So, yeah, Amazing incredible. Day. But you had a World Cup experience yourself, didn't you? In um, was it 2007 out in the West 2007, Indies? 2007, yeah. Um, and you got man of the match for a three for 27 against uh, the Bangladeshis. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um, it was a bit, it was a bit up and down for that that um, that, uh, that World Cup. Um, but yeah, it was, it was an absolutely amazing experience just to be a part of it. To be honest with you, like I said, we had, we had a lot of we had a lot of talent. We had a lot of good good players as well, and we should have done a lot better than what we did. Um, but at that era, we as a team were probably a little bit inconsistent. Uh, we just come off the back of a win, uh, VB series win, win against um, like a triangular series against Australia and New Zealand. So we took a lot of confidence out of that. Um, but then the World Cup series actually for us was a little bit up and down. Um, we got beat by South Africa in a quite crucial game. Um, I was there for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah but the, the experience was amazing again. Um, it's something that lived with me forever, really. I think it was sort of a transitional side, wasn't it? Because you had the 2005 Ashes, and then that team sort of drifted off quite quickly. And then, then guys yeah. like yourself, Ravi, um, Freddie, and, and, and even Cookie, I suppose, was sort of coming into the side. And he was playing one-day cricket at that time. So... 
it was it was transitional, I think. So I don't think anyone could be too. You can't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, um, well, to be fair, to be fair, it was yeah because um, if you look at that side after that, well, I I left. I had a double hernia after that, and then Stu, uh, Brody mm. coming, and Brody did amazingly well for England, and then that was probably um, it. Sort of kept me at the side for a very long time. That did, mm. um, and yeah, very very much transitional side after, especially after two thousand and five. Um, I think Vaughan got injured massively as well, didn't he? That's uh, right. Yeah, red patch in the the ashes in Australia. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I think a lot of countries go through that transitional period, don't they? Who was who was captain for that two thousand seven World Cup? Uh, World Cup was was it Collingwood or no? It was no, no. no Vaughan actually Vaughan. came in because I remember uh, the Bangladesh game where where one of the batsmen, I can't remember who it was, hit an absolute dolly to Vaughan at mid off and and he dropped it. Mm. And then they went for a single, and Vaughn picked it up and whacked through it straight over the stump. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The person got run out. So I was like, bloody hell, Vaughn, you should have caught that for me. Give me an extra wicket. <laughs> He's like, well, look, at least he's out. So that's fine. <laughs> so I was like, all right. So yeah, could, could yeah you, I, mean, I was pretty sure it was Vaughn. Do you think you could have played more tests and one days than you did? I mean, was it eight tests and 26 one day internationals? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I should have done. Um, and I reckon I could have done. Uh, probably not so much due to injury. Um, obviously, my consistency wasn't, wasn't amazing, if truth be told, um, mm-hmm. if I'm totally honest with myself. Um, and I think the one thing I would have changed massively would have been the psychological side of the game. Um, I think mindset was, well, should should have been a lot better um, than what it was. I, I just imagine going out there bowling quick and that would be fine. Um, but obviously, there's a lot more stuff that goes on, how to handle different pressures, how to handle crowds. Yeah. Um, how to handle maybe a bad spell that you've bowled, how to come back the thought process, that's something I would definitely definitely change um, and it's something I definitely urge young cricketers who are listening um, to, to take on board um, because sometimes when the pressure's high or you've bowled a bad ball the last thing you want to do is, is think about that stuff um, so you've got to almost think about what you want to happen the processes you need to do to give yourselves the best chance to perform. Um, so that's one thing I'd definitely change. And if I did, I reckon earlier on, I'm pretty sure I'd have played a lot more cricket for England. Is that something that's changed? Obviously, it's Mental Health Awareness Week. Is that something that's changed a lot <laughs> massively since you played, is the mental health side of the game? Because I think that's sort of the breakdown <clears> of people like Marcus Truscothic and Jonathan Schrott on tours yeah. really highlighted the problem, didn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it wasn't so much that... Um, Obviously, for them guys, it is, and you're right, it's been highlighted a lot more now, and, and rightfully so as well, because, look, a lot of people suffer from mental issues, and I think it, I think it's very, very important that people feel like it's actually totally fine to to speak up about it, and if you're struggling mentally, um, it shouldn't almost be looked at as if, well, you're an elite sportsman, you shouldn't actually be feeling like that. Well, no, everyone's human, and if you do have that issue, it's totally fine to actually say, you know what? I've got that issue, and that, that's the only way you're going to get help and get it sorted. Um, but yeah, definitely, I think mental issues are a huge thing, and and I'm, and I'm actually very, very pleased that it's come out, and people are actually finding it okay to speak about. Um, it's actually a very, very um, dangerous thing if you're not speaking about it. Yeah, it that. is, and it'll just get worse if you don't if you just bottle it. Was one, exactly. of the, was one of the pressures the fact that you come from an Asian background? Because, I mean, Moe and Ali's spoken about it, and uh, I think Adil Rashid has as well, and I think Ravi has over the time. There seemed to be more pressure on you as a British um, Asian rather than just playing cricket. 
Yeah, it could be. I suppose it could be. But to be fair, as England cricket, in England cricket, being Asian, playing in England is actually probably a very nice place to play. Um, I can't imagine how it would have been like if we played in a place like India or Pakistan. The amount of pressure that they get there would be hundredfold what we get in England. I'd imagine um, cricket there is like a religion. Plays like God. Um, I was just going to say about that because. Amazingly, on this show, we have a lot of people listening in from Pakistan through the wonders of oh, the okay. internet. We've got just looking through the people that have liked the page on Facebook. It, it's it's amazing that the international yeah. following we get. Um, and I know up where you are in in Lancashire, there's a big there's a big Asian and Pakistani um, community up there. Just this week on um, on Sky, they showed the MCC tour to Pakistan that happened recently. Um, yeah. Can you give us and our listeners, and, and also to those that are listening in Pakistan, just a, um, some kind of feel for, for what the game is? You just said the players like gods, but I think it's it's really hard to kind of just say how big and how important cricket is to those guys. Yeah, look, it, it, it's, it's their number one sport at the end of the day. It's like football is here in England for us. Um, and the experiences you get when you go out to India and Pakistan to play cricket is like no other. Mm. Um, like obviously, even when you play for England, you go out, you can actually walk about in the street and, and you can have a normal life. Um, when, when I went out to India, especially when you go out, you, can, you can't leave the hotel on your own. It just, <laughs> it's just impossible. Um, and imagine the players who are actually playing, in, who are playing for India um, and even IPL teams and things like this, they, they literally cannot live a, a, a normal life. I was, speaking, I was speaking to someone about that just recently as well. Um, but it, it, it's very difficult for them guys just to walk down the street or or just go and get coffee at a local coffee shop. They just they just can't do it. Um, and look, when we went out there, it was an amazing, amazing experience just to go out there and see the love that the fans had for the game. Yeah, um, absolute eye opener. It was brilliant. And it's um, I was just wondering if you're going. If, so if you're out there touring with England and you're in the hotel, what food do they give you? Do they give you pie and chips or? <laughs> <laughs> you can have a word and say look give us some of the real stuff eh? <laughs> uh, nah, you, you know what it was alright because if you can speak Hindi then you're actually alright they, they can get they can get on your wavelength a little bit and they're like oh yeah we'll have a little bit of spice and, yeah. and etc but to be fair I think because England lads travel there quite a bit um, I think all the restaurants and people they know that the players like like quite traditional tasting yeah. food yeah, um, and to be fair, in India and Pakistan, these places like this, they they have a lot of spices in the curry and a lot of masalas and that. So it actually, I reckon, uh, they taste a lot more um, homely than they do when you go to normal curry houses in the UK. That's very different, um, isn't it? Yeah. So I mean, when they go out there, they, don't worry about that. They they will throw the spices and everything in that. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about that. I'm getting hungry. I'm getting. I'm, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm struggling now. <laughs> you boys are getting hungry. I'm fasting, boys. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, how are you getting boys. on with Ramadan? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, you know, it's, it's actually gone a lot quicker than I thought. Um, Is lockdown so, helping it? Sorry. Is lockdown helping the fasting? You know what? I didn't think it would do, but it actually has. Um, really? I, yeah, because I thought obviously normal Ramadan situation, you'd be going to work, you'd be training, you'd be coaching, you'd be out speaking to friends or whatever it may be but it's actually gone a lot quicker than what I thought it, it would do um, and we, we, to be fair we've only got I think today and tomorrow left and yeah nearly there Saturday, I think so um, we're right close, close to the end of it so, what was it like uh, when yeah. you were playing or touring or you know if it was a normal season <laughs> or if you're if you're if you're busy I mean 
particularly being a professional sportsman, you know, having to fast must be a really big, uh, a big thing to deal with. Yeah, um, you know what? The start of it, I tried to fast at the beginning. Um, as, as a bowler, it's very, very difficult anyway. Yeah. Um, as a batter, you could possibly do it here and there, but still, I think it's very difficult because cricket's a very, very long game. I mean, in the shortest format, it's three hours long. Yeah. Um, so, I tried the first couple of times and it was very, very difficult. Um, the body just cannot, cannot deal with it. Um, so, I decided that I couldn't do it. Um, so, I, I, I just stayed. I, I didn't really drink on the field or anything like that. I'd do everything behind closed doors just throughout respect for the other people who may be fasting um, but mate it's, it's so so difficult to do it while playing or even training really mm. um, so I just I was well whilst I played I never really did it to be honest even if I was injured um, obviously you need to, to repair the muscles and that sort of stuff so I was advised not to not to fast so uh, so for 14-15 years I just um, I stayed away from it um, and yeah. to be fair I think this the last couple of years have been my first few um, Ramadans that I've done properly. Oh, yeah, well, well done, and uh, it must be an, uh, incredibly demanding. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Saj. Um, before you go, um, it's coming out to 8 o'clock, and it is a Thursday, so we're all yeah. going to be out clapping. Um, have you got a word for the um, the frontline key workers in the NHS? Uh, mate, I think, I, think, I think the guys are doing an absolutely amazing job, um, and the claps that we give them on a Thursday evening uh, 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 the least thing uh, is the least that we can do uh, I mean you're looking down and, and obviously the, the virus is a horrible horrible thing that's happened to us mm. uh, globally um, and these guys going in into work and look number one saving lives number two putting their own lives at risk every single day yeah um, hats off to them guys and we can't thank them enough uh, and keep up the, the amazing amazing work that they're doing and uh, hopefully this thing will be over very very soon uh, and we can get back to some sort of normality Indeed. Saj, you're a top man, and we really, really appreciate you joining us. We'll keep following you on Instagram because it's very, very entertaining what you put uh-huh. up on there. Uh, and we'll, um, once all this is finished, we'll, we'll hopefully see you in the flesh, and we can catch up a bit more. Look forward to it, mate. Cheers for that. All Cheers, right. Saj. Keep Take well. care. Cheers. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye.